Hey, I'm Steve, and welcome to the podcast today. Very excited, and we're doing one that is a podcast that's video. We're going to video it, and what we're going to do is put it on YouTube. But I'm sitting here with Kalia, used to be Washington. Yeah. You had a big name change. I did have a big name change. Well, why? And I must say, I'm happy to get rid of the Washington. (laughs) So what's your last name now? Honey. Okay. Kalia Honey. I got married three weeks ago. I was there, I know. And you were there. I was there. It's very there. exciting. You saw me become a honey. Yes, yes. I did. So. I did. And Devin was just, I think he cried. He, he did so cry. much so he had snot running down his nose. <laughs> did he really? Oh, uh, no. Okay. But it was pretty close. He was I emotional. Think. He was yeah, very he was emotional. Really emotional. Very, it was sweet. It was sweet. Very emotional. Yeah. And then you had a great little uh, time away. Yeah. Where'd you go? We went to South Africa. Wow. Cape Town. Okay. And it was amazing. And we saw penguins. Anytime I talk about it, I talk about the penguins. You see, I'd be talking about the lions, but you talk about the penguins. Talk Why about is the penguins because you can see a lion at a local zoo. Well, you can see a penguin at a zoo. Where? Okay. Portland. Uh, yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> okay. But, okay, you can see a penguin at a zoo, but people don't expect to see penguins in Africa. You know, that's right. I When you told me that there were penguins there, I thought that that can't be. Yeah, they're a South African penguin colony. They thrive in the weather. It's like tropical. It's nice. Okay. And people wouldn't know that. So that's what I enjoyed about it was being able to see, I feel like, almost every animal on this mm-hmm. continent. So yeah. it was cool. Okay. Excellent. And then I saw you posted one of a lion eating uh, pork chop or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It was a water buffalo leg. Oh, water buffalo leg. And But you had to stay in the vehicle. You couldn't get out, right? No, we couldn't. It was yeah. chowing. In fact, they told us that if we dropped our phones while taking pictures, they wouldn't get them. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're on your own. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own. <laughs> All right. Okay, good. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. On uh, on your marriage and starting out here in life. So that's great. Thank that's you. That's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question, Kalia, and I thought we would talk about, about the things in our culture, society, uh, in the church, outside the church, that tend to be divisive, that have separated people, made people angry. All that kind of stuff. Right. And so I don't want to dwell on that part because I want to switch over and talk about the things that unify us, Mm -hmm. which I really want to give time to. But what do you think are the, yeah, let's just talk about what are the things that kind of really dividing us right now? Divide us, yeah. I think that politics are divisive. That's like the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, I also think that differences in opinion, like concerning healthcare and the vaccinations oh, yeah. um, is extremely divisive right now. Um, I think that, I mean, even like a culture of a church can be divisive. Like somebody can feel like I'm a Christian because I do it this way and you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a lot that's divisive. I think music is even divisive sometimes. Like people, okay, <laughs> people, people can judge you for listening to like one genre of music or like thinking. I mean, you probably know it. Like you grew up when people were criticizing rock and roll, right? Oh, yes, make me feel old. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. So you can't have drums in the, the church. Yeah, exactly. Because drums are bad and they're evil. Yeah, and, and the harmonicas are evil and yeah yeah exactly so hopefully got past that right now yeah so i feel like people are like that with other genres of music Mm -hmm. now especially if you're a christian like i've heard christians say oh i don't listen to rap because i won't get into that but (laughs) but i think that there's a lot that's divisive that i've dealt with personally so yeah there's a lot okay 
Yeah, I agree with all those. You know, the politics things, the uh, COVID things, masks. Yeah, masks. Yeah, I don't want to wear a mask. I want to wear a mask. And um, don't make me do this. You know, all those things are out there. There's no doubt about that. And those things are outside the church, and they're inside the church, too. Yeah. Right? Divisiveness over those. And very, very emotional. Very emotional things. And I think politics, like you said, is out there, too. And then, yeah. And then they're kind of like categories of that politics things like uh, uh the border and immigration yeah. or uh critical race theory or we could just name off a whole bunch of stuff that uh people are uh you know get upset about right right, right. Yeah. and um and i feel like there's so many things out there i can't even keep up no you can't i, I don't even people ask the, me stuff and i go i don't know i never yeah. heard of that one yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a new one on me. It's a new thing to be enraged about every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I did a podcast on that. Yeah. Because somebody mentioned that to me, and I thought, I just need to cover that. You're not a Christian if you get the vaccine, because now you've been marked. You've been you've been marked, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so all those things. So what I thought of, you know, there's so many things that we can focus on that would be negative and divisive. But... Uh, what are things that Christians can focus on that drive unity and unify us? Mm-hmm. And and one of those things is communion, and I want to talk about that here in a minute. But what are some other things that would really unite Christians? And do you have some thoughts about that? Yeah, or, I, I yeah. think I think our values as believers, mm-hmm. so to serve people who are underserved, to show up for our neighbor, to show up for our family members in need, um, to make the main thing the main thing which is jesus i think mm-hmm. those are things that are all unify us yeah i i'm glad you said that because uh i think there's this idea that we if we serve one another hey that really can be something that we can all be on the same page about yeah. pretty quickly right mm-hmm. so if somebody's hurt hurting or somebody you don't know somebody that lost their job yeah. or somebody who fell and got hurt during the hospital, you know, things like that. Or uh, somebody's got a severe case of COVID, so they need food brought to them. They have four little kids. Mom and dad have COVID. You know, things, yeah. are, things are up in the air, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those, those are things, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think baptism is one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people get baptized, right? And we're like, yeah. Yeah. You we know, all and cheer each other on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think baptism is that way. And I think being, for me a little bit, being in the in a small group, in a community group. Yeah. Where we're together and we can actually have conversations like this mm-hmm. with people and pray for one another. So I think the praying for one another yeah. can be a big part of that unity thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So one thing that was brought to my attention by uh, uh, one of our colleagues here, Pastor John Green, is that we should focus on communion during our church service Mm -hmm. because that is really the, like you just said, it's all about Jesus. And communion is a way to do that, right? And it's a very visible way to say, hey, this is is the time to put all that other stuff aside and just focus on communion. So uh, how was communion done in the churches you grew up in? So, or, yeah, what, 
I would say commu- communion is pretty similar to the way that we do it here, which is the wafer and the juice and the plastic cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only main difference is that when we did communion and we would talk about Jesus's body broken for us, we'd actually break the wafer. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then eat it to like Christ's body was broken for us, break it and then eat it as a way to remember that he was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's it's the same. <laughs> yeah. And it's not done weekly. And I know that's something that's seasonal but yeah so you grew up not doing it weekly Mm-mm, we okay. did we do it like once a month or like first sundays yeah yeah i think a lot of churches have different traditions about that yeah. so the christian church denomination christian church uh disciples of christ church of christ really focused on doing it every week mm. and then baptists did it uh quarterly okay something like that or monthly, they mm-hmm. just they said we don't want to do it all the time because it'll get routine and we'll forget what it means. Uh-huh. That's part of the thinking there. And then, of course, if you're Roman Catholic or something similar, then uh, you're going to do it every week. Yeah, right. Mass, mm-hmm. you're going to do the mass every week, mm-hmm. right? So I grew up United Methodist, and I think we did it like three times a year. Wow. And you had to come up front and kneel. Wow. And then the pastor would give it to you put it in your hand I th- as i remember i was yeah. a little kid interesting yeah so when you think about when you're in church and communion is being taken what do you think of i think about jesus at the last supper talking about how his body was getting ready to be broken for us and how he was getting ready to give his life for us mm-hmm. think about the redemption of my sins so when we're thinking about those things do you does it feel like we can leave that other stuff out of the room that's making us upset with our neighbors and yeah i think so because if you're thinking about jesus you're also thinking about how wretched you are and so like the need to feel offended towards other people should kind of cease because you realize like i'm a broken human being too Mm -hmm. and like the people i'm surrounded with are also broken human beings and the one thing that purifies us is christ so like who am i in that moment anyway to be upset at another person we're all on the same playing field Mm -hmm. yeah i i think there's so many things to contemplate during communion and sometimes it's called the lord's supper but um i think there are many things that we can can focus our minds on during that time and and as best we can leave all that other stuff that other baggage outside the uh baggage terminal you know just just throw it aside yeah yeah so when it comes to uh communion some churches call it the lord's supper um trying to think of other names that people use it so anyway so we do the little cellophane thing where you peel it off Mm -hmm. and that wafer's so small i guess you could break it yeah the ones that we use right (laughs) but uh the catholic church has the view that jesus is actually inside that bread and that's called transubstantiation Mm -hmm. so what do you know about transubstantiation so i know that transubstantiation is basically the belief that the juice we drink is the blood of Christ, the literal blood of Christ, that it transforms into the blood of Christ, and that the bread we eat is the body of Christ, the literal body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Christ's body and blood is present every time you do communion in that way. Right. Yeah, I think that I think you're spot on yeah. with Roman Catholic 
uh, theology. I actually took a Roman Catholic theology course in seminary. I had to go interview a Catholic priest mm-hmm. and spend time in a Catholic church. Very interesting mm-hmm. uh, for a Protestant yeah. anyway. So um, with this transubstantiation, I think some of the difficulties with this viewpoint is that you got Jesus Christ being sacrificed over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And then uh, if Jesus is resurrected from the dead and he... Um, is permanently in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father in his body, how can we have him there and then his body spread all out? We have some problems with the Trinity all of a sudden. Yeah. The view of the Trinity with that. Yeah. With that with that view. Yeah. So in the Catholic Church, when the priest does the Mass, mm-hmm. then it's transformed into the body and in their viewpoint, transformed into the body and blood of Christ. And then... Uh, because they're taking very literally when Jesus had the I should have brought a loaf of bread in here. Yeah. When Jesus said to his disciples, "Hey, this is my body. Uh, this take this." Yeah. I doubt very seriously if they actually thought it was his body. Yeah, that's a good point. That that would yeah. not. Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever understood it that way. No. Or when he said, "Hey, drink some of this wine," and we're not going to drink the fourth cup because they had four cups in the Passover meal. We're not going to drink this one until you're in the kingdom of heaven. But this is my blood. I don't think. No. There's no way they they would have believed that was literally actual, his blood right there. As he was sitting right there. Right, as he was sitting right <laughs> yeah. there. See, then, then they, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and then when you get to 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about what we call the memorial view of, of uh, communion where we're remembering what Christ did. Mm-hmm. Commemorating it, I guess you could say. And... And but there's nowhere listed there that that uh, it's not even implied that the bread and the wine's turning into the body and blood of Christ. Yeah, it, it's it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to thinking about all the all the uh, celebrations in the Old Testament, the feasts, these mm-hmm. national feasts, and they would celebrate like the Red Sea crossing or the uh, the Passover and yeah. then uh, other events. Mm-hmm. But it was. You know, it was a celebration. They looked to the past to remember that God did something amazing, and it gave them hope for the future. Right. And I think it's the same way with communion. We see what Jesus did in the past. We can have forgiveness of sin, uh, abundant life with Christ, those things. But we're also looking to the future and that he's coming back. So there's a future element yeah. to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's symbolic. Symbolic, mm-hmm. exactly. There's also the other view that, often Lutheran and Presbyterian churches have. It's called consubstantiation. Do you know what that one is? Yeah, so consubstantiation is that Christ is present and it, when you're taking communion. And I think it's kind of like the halfway point between memorial and transubstantiation, right? Like they kind of believe that he's there, but they also believe that it's symbolic. It's confusing to me. It's confusing to me too, but you're exactly <laughs> right. And, they, and it's kind of like the idea that it's spiritually... Christ is kind of spiritually there. Okay. Yeah. It's just like you said. Yeah. And it's problematic for the same reasons transubstantiation <laughs> is problematic. Yeah. Uh, because they can't really define it very well. No. Yeah. 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 So so that's, that's part of the difficulty, I think, with that view. Right. So one of the things that people used to argue about and— and we kind of don't anymore, is that how often should you take communion? Uh-huh. Is it, should we take That's it? a divisive issue right there. <laughs> it is in some churches. It is. It yeah. is right there, right? Right. <laughs> so I have my trusty little sheet here because I, I photocopied a, uh, 
a little thing from my uh, a theology textbook. I have to put on my glasses real quick. So I just thought I'd read this to you and see what you think. So the names of communion listed in the Bible are the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. I forgot about that one. Communion. And then it's the Greek word Eucharist, mm-hmm. which Catholics really use. But that word just means Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, um, and then the frequency. The early church in Acts chapter 2 did it every day. Mm. They met daily in homes and broke bread together, which seems to be they're taking communion every yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And then by Acts chapter 11, um, Acts chapter 20, they're doing it only weekly because they meet weekly. Okay. And they started to meet on Sunday, not Saturday, because mm-hmm. they said that was the day of the resurrection. And then that was the day they were going to remember yeah. the death and resurrection of Christ. And then uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, uh, you know, do it as often as you do it, you know, as often as you get together. So it seems like to me there's a little bit more weight on doing it every Sunday. Okay. But I don't like being legalistic about it either. Yeah. Like saying, oh, you really messed up and you sinned because you didn't take communion today. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't think that's helpful either. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. At our church, before you joined our staff, we would have it at the back of the room every Sunday. And it was available for, uh, you had to get up and go get it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a church setting like that? No, I don't think so. It's always been passed row to row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that as an experiment at first, and then it lasted 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened was we thought, let's just give this a shot. And wh- here's what I noticed, that some people got up every Sunday and just did it. But then I saw some people, if they were incredibly moved by something, they got up. Mm. So the action of physically getting up, I thought was significant. Yeah. It just wasn't like, oh, it's handed to me and I'm going to do it because everybody's doing it. But I have to mentally decide, I need to do this. Yeah. And I thought that was important. Yeah. So one time I had Andrew Palau come and speak at our church, and and, uh, when he was done speaking, uh, I saw a young man in his 20s who had never, I don't think, ever really gotten up out of his chair to do it, got right up. You know, he was so, I think, moved by the message he needed to go back to that table mm. and reflect on. reflect. So I thought in that sense that was good. But since this whole COVID thing, we decided, you know, putting our fingers in stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean, just a practical yeah. thing, was uh, a little bit too much yeah. for us to do. Mm-hmm at the time and now I think things have changed and we're going to actually um, you know make some changes with that this in the next couple months okay. with communion but but I like doing it every Sunday for the reason that it is the great unifier of believers yeah it's about Jesus not my opinions about politics masks um, and those other things you mentioned mm-hmm. it's not about that yeah okay I agree any last thoughts about communion uh, I would ask, do you think that there's um, a difference in weight because we're doing it weekly? Like you were mentioning before, some people think if you do it monthly, it helps you to feel like it's more special than if you were to do it weekly. Or do you think it's you can make it weighty every week? I hope I hope that it's weighty every week. Yeah. And I think right now we need to do it every week. Yeah. <clears throat> right now, I mm-hmm. think it's helpful. That's my that's my opinion, but I can see where some people would be. Um, hey, uh, it's just old hat now. Yeah, you know, it's just a 
routine that's meaningless to me. We yeah. don't want that to happen either. Right. So yeah. I guess you're right. We have to work hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Great. Hey, I'm Steve, and glad you're watching now and listening to the podcast. Joined by Kalia Honey, Taylor Paulson, and Roger Purdy, who's doing our filming. So thank you to those two. And grace and peace be with you.